Hello and welcome to the WWE vs. AEW podcast. I am your host, Daniel, as ever, and today we're going to be reviewing the last AEW pay-per-view of a fucking terrible year 2020 in full gear. So, how's everyone feeling today? I'm, I'm going to be honest, last night, yesterday, so in the UK, great start time, 1am start time, finished at what? quarter to five this morning I was up yesterday Saturday morning at what about 8am with my four-year-old so yeah it was a long long fucking day yesterday it was if uh, other wrestling fans who don't just watch AEW or WWE I was watching the New Japan show Power Struggle which was in itself a pretty good show um Watched a shitload of football, watched Preston get beat to Rotherham, watched Luckman cost me 132 quid, so yeah, for Fulham as well, losing yesterday, but yeah, it was, it was a long, it was a long day of sport of wrestling, so yeah, by the time 4.45am came, last, well, in the early hours of this morning, as you might have seen if you was on our Twitter, I was a little bit fucking grumpy, and for, for in my opinion, some right reasons, some wrong reasons, but let's get into it, the pay-per-view, full gear 2020. Now, the main takes coming out of the show, for me, the main thing was the Young Bucks captured the AEW Tag Team Championships in what was probably the best match in, certainly in AEW of the pandemic era. It was an absolute, it was a brilliant match, wasn't it? Just great storytelling, great action, um, easily the Revival's best match by a country mile since leaving WWE. Much better than that pretty average, pretty disappointing match with... Um, Hangman and Kenny Omega at All Out back in August. But yeah, that was the main story from it. We had John Moxley retaining the AW World title as expected against Eddie Kingston in a... I don't even know what to call it. I just rewatched that match again because I was really tired and pretty grumpy last night at that time. It was, it was what you'd expect. It was a brawl. It had no heat. But we'll get into that a bit later on. We had Kenny Omega beating Hangman Page in a very, very good match. Not as not the great match we was all hoping for. Um, although if you log on Twitter and see all these, oh, the best match ever! What an unbelievable match! You've clearly never watched any decent wrestling shows in the life. And you know what? I'm gonna get into this before I'm, I'm going through like the top of the card. But a lot of people on Twitter, I think this is what dampens my opinion on wrestling shows. So. I probably made a mistake, probably shouldn't go on Twitter during these shows, but when I'm watching a match and I'm thinking, yeah, that was good, a bit disappointed, but yeah, and then I go on Twitter and I was like, oh, it was the most unbelievable match ever, this was incredible, I'm thinking, shut the fuck up, I can't stand people who are just like, oh, that's amazing, it's like, yeah, it was good, yeah, it was fine, no, it was amazing, just shut up, seriously, but um, yeah, so other stories, Darby Allen captured the um, TNT title in... It was a really, really good match, but did Darby Allen really get himself over? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But right, so we'll start. We'll get into the. You've I've talked about the main headlines of the show. We'll get into it now. Um, so last night I watched the countdown, which was a really, really well put together forty-five minute piece hyping up full gear. And I think that might have been the problem for me. I was, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, and this is the most hyped I've gone into probably a wrestling pay-per-view in years, really. I think the build was great. We had the Hangman Omega match that we've all wanted to see basically for the last 12 months. We had Young Bucks versus FTR, which nearly said Revival, which everyone's wanted to see for years. And we had a really well-built John Moxley, Kofi uh, Kofi Kingston. (laughs) Sorry, I had little sleep last night. Um, Eddie Kingston, 
match which had a great feud going into it. Um, Cody Darby Allen, that's been building for 18 months on and off. So yeah, a really, really big choice of match. Obviously, Chris Jericho, MJF, which I've com- not no surprise I've completely forgotten about. Does anyone else remember that match taking place last night? Because I don't. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was a really, really big card going into it. I think with All Out, they'd sort of put matches on that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They didn't really want to give away in this pandemic era. Hate the word pandemic, but there you go. That's what it's been dubbed as. Um, but I think with this show, they thought, do you know what? We're going to be in this predicament for a while. Let's just let's just put together our best foot in terms, our best foot forward in terms of a quality card. And on paper, that's exactly what it was. In reality, listen, this show it was good. It was a good show. Do you know what I mean? There was a great match, a couple of really good matches, a couple of disappointing matches, a couple of bad matches. That, that's what it was, yeah? But I am hearing people, I'm saying, the best pay-per-view ever. No, it fucking wasn't the best pay-per-view ever. It wasn't even close. Do you know what I mean? It was just, there was some good, there was some bad. And I mean, this pay-per-view, well, the podcast is called the WWE versus AEW podcast. Put a gun to my head and ask me, please don't do that, what do you prefer, WWE or AEW? Probably say I enjoy AEW more. I definitely enjoy their weekly television more than WWE. But I'm telling you right now, this exact pay-per-view takes place in a WWE ring and nobody is going doing backflips over it. They're not. And the biasy that I'm seeing towards AEW against uh, against WWE, I just think it's, it's just a bit annoying because I'm watching matches at Hell in a Cell and I'm thinking, I'm completely unbiased. Completely unbiased. Yeah? Neutral wrestling. <laughs> but I'm completely unbiased, yeah? And I'm telling you, some of the matches on Hell in a Cell I thought were great, yeah? And I'm looking at people, I'm thinking, hey, it was okay, it was okay. I'm on, I'm on um, an app, Grapple and Cage match, where they rate the matches. And I'm thinking, that's a bit underrated, isn't it? And then I'm looking at matches last night thinking, fuck me, were you on cocaine when you were watching this? Do you know what I mean? It's like, the, the level of hypocrisy is just... Matches being overrated because of the ring that they're taking place and not because of what's going on, in my opinion. WWE fans are just as bad at times, do you know what I mean, in terms of their bias against AEW. But I don't know, I feel like I want to be sat there going, yeah, this was the greatest pay-per-view ever. But I'm just going to say exactly what I see. And I'm looking at people like Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer, people like that, they're just going on I'm thinking... I've always been one that didn't want to think that they were biased against WWE and towards AEW because they've got a really, really good podcast that I listen to every week. But I'm just... It's just a lot of biasy going on, going on. I'm not quite sure why. But let's get into the show because, believe it or not, I don't want to sit here all day wittering on. I've got Leicester Wolves, City versus the Scumbags and um, Arsenal Villa to watch today and some nice coconut and Indian doll suit to polish off once I've finished recording this and I'm fucking tired. Um, but yeah, so the show opens up and I I, um, well, I won't talk about the buy-in match because that was pretty crap. Sorry, it wasn't the greatest women's match ever, people. Um, but yeah, so the show opens up. I was talking to someone and I said, I said, do you know what, Don Callis is wasted in impact. Think of some of the great calls he's had on these Kenny Omega matches back in the day in New Japan. Um, they're thinking of when Omega beat Okada for the title back at Dominion in that classic all-time best. Now, that was one of the best matches ever. Um, but yeah, and then would you have Adam and Eve it? There he is, his big head on the commentary panel for the opening match. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. He would have called their match in New Japan um, a few years ago. Now, this... 
the match for me it was an it was an interesting choice of opener, and I'm thinking maybe all out. Obviously, started with that big squall Britt Baker abortion, um, which was absolutely fucking awful. So maybe they wanted to go out. Do you know what I mean? Bang bang, let's go out here and have a killer match. And this match was good. It was really good. But as I tweeted out, where was the last ten minutes of this match? What happened to it? I was loving this match, and then bang, it just ended with a one-wing angel. And it's like, people, I, I tweeted out saying, where were the last 10 minutes of this match that I paid for, right? And you've got people replying saying, oh, it's all part of the story, the building it. And it's like, yeah, the building it, but let's not forget AW only have four pay-per-views a year, yeah? This is one of the headline matches on the show. It was the most excited for a match that I was for on the show. So, if you want to do that, do this on a dynamite. Do you know what I mean? Do it on one of these like lesser shows that they do, one of the two-hour specials. Don't do it on one of your biggest shows of the year. Like, just go all out. I, I don't get this. Like, you can still tell the story of, oh, Omega was too good for Hangman by having a half-an-hour classic. It is possible. People are like, yeah, they're going to have another match. Yeah, I'm sure they will later down the line. It's not going to be until at least, I'd say, double or nothing because at Revolution, you're expecting Omega versus Moxley. So... What's the problem with letting him go out for 25 minutes, half an hour, going absolutely balls to the wall and giving us a great match? Like, what's wrong with doing that? I don't understand the booking of not going out to give the best match that you're capable of having. They just, like, gave us a little bit of a teaser here. Um, I'll take you to another example. Ibushi versus Omega. They had a match in the G1. Uh, The G1, I think it was, like, the A block. Maybe was it the B block? Well, one of the final nights of one of the blocks, yeah? And they were clearly saving stuff because I think they were going to go, well, they was going to have a match later down the line at a Wrestle Kingdom if Omega hadn't left for AEW. But they still went out and had a fucking 4.75 five-star match. Hit two-star ratings. That's what they went out and did because you can still tell the story without... I just don't get why you deliberately lay out and book a match that isn't the best it could be when people are spending quite a lot of money for these pay-per-views, um, but with that said, it was a very, very good match, um, I was just disappointed, I was dis- I, do you know what I mean, for me, people are like, oh, great match, great match, I can't call a match great, if when it finishes, I'm disappointed, which is exactly what I was, I was, maybe it's just me having high expectations, but these two could have gone out there and had an absolute classic, and they was on the way to doing so, if the match hadn't have been laid out the way it was, but Omega wins pretty much out of nowhere, and... The show was off to a bit of a disappointing start for me. Um, I went three and a half stars on this. Do you know what people are like, oh, we don't care about star ratings. Well, you're going to get them. Three and a half stars. Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Orange Cassidy. Basically, John Silver, for me, is like the Orange Cassidy of a year ago. Orange Cassidy was one of the hardest acts on the show. Sort of getting a bit repetitive with this now. He beat Jericho. Where does he go from here? I'm not really sure. Um, the act is getting a little bit stale, especially with not being in front of actual full buildings or anywhere near capacity buildings John Silver's really hot at the moment um I'm not really a big watcher of being the elite I'll watch the odd one but um he showed what he can do in the ring here he was great his kicks his speed was fantastic guy's got a big future um and he, can, he showed that he can really work um but as you'd expect Cassidy isn't going to lose this match after beating Jericho on the last pay-per-view they're not going to undo that work that they did and Cassidy gets the win in a, it was a fine match, it was alright, I went 2.75, 2 and 3 quarter stars for this, it was, it was okay, let's not get carried away, right, Cody Rhodes, yes, Cody Rhodes, we can now call him, 
versus Darby Allen. Um, story going into this, they had their, this is for the TNT title, by the way, they had their match at, wasn't fight for the fight, Fighter Fest back in, what was it, late June, early July, in the summer of 2019, that match went the 20 minute time limit, they had another match on the January 1st edition from this very building, um, where Cody Rhodes got a bit of a fluke win over Darby Allen, and then they did they had a match, didn't they, in the, in the tournament for the TNT title back in, what, April, May, um, where, Co- where Cody just rolled through to pin him, so I think um, Cody had three wins over Darby Allen going into this, I was pretty positive that Darby Allen was going to win this, um, it was about time that Darby got a big win, so I was pretty confident he was going to win this, and I did now, this was a very, very good match. Really great story of Cody being the bigger guy. The, the commentators thought JR was brilliant for this. Going on about how um, Cody put this extra £14 pounds on. It was just really good. Really, really good stuff. I like the t- Obviously, Cody was going to play the heel. Sort of the heel in this role. Um, and it was a nice touch by having all his entourage out while Darby's out there on his own. So, not only did the bigger guy have a big advantage going into the match with his size he had a big advantage of his past wins over Derby he also had five people coming out with him and looks like a bit of a dick doing so some great spots we had the cross rolls from the top rope Derby rolls under the rope um, to get to get well to break the pin um, we had the coffin drop Cody kicked out and then they just start doing you know when they do like the, the flash pins the cradles we see it in every match these days it feels and the win comes out of that Darby Allen's big win that we've been waiting for for 18 months. I know a few people on Twitter are going to disagree with this. Been waiting for for 18 months. Been waiting for this Darby win over Cody. We've known it was going to happen. It was going to be big when it did. Yeah? It was a cradle where Cody stood on his feet a second later. A fluke win in wrestling terms for me. Just a cradle. That was it. Yeah? Darby's big moment was a cradle. No big pop, really. Just a cradle out of nowhere. Cody gets to his feet, hands in the belt, and then not only does Darby not get his coronation moment via, he should have just, if you're going to do it, go all in, excuse the pun, I've said this before, I tweeted this out, if this was in WWE, sorry to go back to it, people would be like, oh, it's always two step forwards and one step back, you have to let the other person get the heat back, let's say when Matt Riddle beat Baron Corbin and then gets beat down after it, Keith Lee beats Randy Orton gets beat down after it, the same happens here, Darby Allen gets his big win over Cody, gets beat down after it, but it's in AEW, so that's fine, it was a great moment, Darby got over, fantastic, no he didn't, no he didn't, this is in WWE, you're all crying about it, you're saying, oh why do they not just go out all out with these, no wonder you can't make stars anymore, this for me was not what it should have been, should have been coffin drop, maybe Cody kicks out, Darby gets up, gives him another coffin drop, wins, gets his big moment, Cody leaves the ring, Darby's left in the ring, walking about with the belt, you can do your stupid angle on Dynamite, and there, you've got a star, but no, bad booking, bad booking, but because it's not WWE, it's labelled as great booking, it was not, however, I'm not actually that down on this match, because apart from the shit finish, it was a really, really, really good match, Um, three and three quarter stars, really good match, Darby Allen is now the TNT champion, which I'm glad about, but... Much like Naito Okada at the Tokyo Dome was some polite man decided to tell me on Twitter last night. And I'm going to tell you right now, that angle after that match, Kenta attacking Naito was fucking stupid as well. Yeah? There you go. So yeah, Darby's coronation, not what it meant to be, but the match was really good. But we're here for stories, not necessarily match quality, apparently. 
Next, speaking of shit, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. Please, it looks like they're signing some women, obviously Thunder Rose on the pre-show. This was shit. Yeah, it, it was crap. Hikaru Shida is a really, really good worker. There's no other real good workers in AEW for its face. So she gets thrown together with Nyla Rose. No build going into the show. I think Tony Khan's come out and apologised that um, Vicky Guerrero had some time off so they couldn't build it properly. Um, nobody cared about this match. Nyla Rose was awful in this match. Her kickouts were fucking shit. Sorry for the swear. Actually, I'm not sorry for the swearing. It's my podcast. can do what I want. Um, yeah, this was a bad match. Hikaru Shida wins in a bad match. There you go. Speaking of matches that aren't bad, the next match. Young Bucks versus FTR. The match that, which is quite ironic really, out of all the matches going into the show, I was disappointed with the build with and confused with the build. With the Young Bucks sort of being heelish and we just didn't, didn't really get the story. This was, by a country mile, the best thing on the show. Leaps and bounds ahead of everything else. Um, it was... It was the best match in AEW since, since well, since the middle of March and everything shut down. Um, just incredible match. The Young Bucks have had. People are saying, oh, the Young Bucks aren't as good in AEW as they were previously. The ladder match against the Lucha Brothers. Tag match against Hangman and um, Kenny. They were featured heavily in the, um, what was it called? The match at Double or Nothing, the Stadium Stampede match. These guys are the best fucking tag team in the world. People are like, oh, I don't like the style. Bollocks. The fucking brilliant. Brilliant match. The action was amazing. Revival held up their end of the bargain. This was, for me, a better version of the American Alpha versus FTR matches in NXT. Um, now, I was sat, as I'm sat watching this, I'm thinking, they, they've given... I'd, I'd go 4.75, four and three quarter stars on this, and I went five stars for Page Omega and versus the book. But the actual action in this match was better, much better than that match, but they had the advantage of the crowd. The story going into it was much better than this. But for an actual match, I think this was the better match. But if you put all the other ingredients into it, the other match overall, the story, the bit after, was probably better than this. But... For me, this is the second best match in AEW history. Um, just, just brilliant match. I just love it. The, the, the story was just all about. Is all about. Was it Dax? Is it Dax the bald one? Um, his right hand um, being fucked basically. Matt's left ankle. It was just brilliant. Just absolutely. I'm not sure if I like the finish though. Theme of this show where he it just. T- I do like the fact that um, is it Cash Wheeler was. I've probably got him mixed up, but whatever. Was trying to like do a flip to win the match. Did like that part, but just thought it was a bit strange that Matt won with one super kick, just without his boot on, with his injured foot, and that just got the pin. Um, but hey, amazing, amazing match. The storytelling was amazing. They had the you know, they had DIY spot in there. They just had it was it was just brilliant. I loved loved this match. Yeah, it's people who, oh, you've got some bellend message me on Twitter at half past four in the morning last night. Oh, you've complained over everything. No, I'm not, dickhead. This was the fucking best match on the show. Best match in months. Yeah, this was amazing. I, it's not like I want to shit on this entire show. I'm just giving an honest opinion. And at least... Slight connection problem there. But yeah, so this match, like I said, didn't want to shit on everything on this show. I wanted to go into it enjoying it. And this match was fucking brilliant. Yeah? So, we... we <sighs> We got Kenny Omega coming out after the match, obviously, like, showing his allegiance to the Bucks. Um, 
this was, do you know what I mean? It was really, they stood in the ring. You had Kenny Omega, who had like, do you know what I mean? Won his big match against Paige. You had the Bucks in the ring, and then you had Hangman. Hangman just stood there um, in the tunnel at the entrance with the revival on the stage. And it just, I loved how it just teased going forward what could be, because we're all like, oh, is Hangman going to team with the revival? We don't know who's going to turn on who. And I'm glad they sort of kept it. Kept it going, do you know what I mean? Let's, if you can, try and have this in front of fans. But this was just great storytelling and a classic AEW match. And I'm just feeling like they deserve a lot of credit to have a match this good, this highly rated, in front of nobody. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant stuff from these two teams. Um, next, we had the ultimate deletion match. So, talk about... This match was there to bring you down from this unbelievable match, and it certainly fucking did that job. Because this match was, I don't even, I don't even not say. Some people liked it, some people hated it. I was really enjoying the first like five ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? I love the whole Sammy Guevara keeps like basically dying thing. So when you had like Matt Hardy shooting him with the fireworks, thought that was great. The Laker reincarnation stuff was good, and then as soon as the hurricane came out, that's where. Should have then somehow finished from there. Instead, it went on and on and on in this garage and just going on. I was just like, like I seen a Tony Khan interview where he's saying that he was actually there. And I'm sat there thinking, how has this been approved? 20 minutes. It was must have been around 20 minutes. It's fucking half three in the morning. I'm sat there thinking, at 29 years old, as a father of a four-year-old little girl, what in the blue hell am I doing? Sat up at half past three. I'm locked down because our fucking government have decided to put us back in a four-week lockdown. Yeah, eat out to help out and all that shite. Sat locked down, watching this, thinking, where's my life gone watching this? This is crap. And it was awful. It reminded me of Edge versus Orton at WrestleMania, how it got through. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand how these ta- this tape stuff, it's obviously been watched and edited. I don't get how, like, these great wrestling minds are so at all, such as Tony Khan, such as fucking Vince McMahon, are watching this stuff, and it's getting through. Do you know what I mean? It's too long. It's too long. Nobody wants 20 minutes of this. 10 minutes is fine. This Undertaker-AJ match and the Stadium Stampede were incredible. They've sort of fucked us. We keep getting this shite again and again. That Velveteen Dream Adam Cole bollocks we saw. And then it's like everyone wants to do these bad cinematic matches. I prefer the swamp fight to this. Literally, that swamp fight was better than this. This was... It was shit. It was shit. Um, so, yeah, this sort of brought me down. I was sat there thinking, Ugh. And then we get Chris Jericho versus MJF. Big story going into it. Will MJF join the inner circle? It's been the highlight on TV most weeks. we got that great segment where... Well, controversial segment where they break into song... Um, They've just had some great segments. The whole story I've been really into. They come out. We got the great moment of the crowd singing Jericho's theme. Just imagine what that's going to be like with 12,000 people. And then the match starts. I didn't give a shit. Don't know what it was. Don't know if it was the time. The match was crap. It was boring. I'm looking at Jericho. I hate to say it because I just love the man. He needs to put a vest on. Just, Just not in shape at all. Just just boring, it was just boring, I wasn't into it, what did, I can't even really remember the finish, what was it like, they, they 
MJF made out that he got struck by the chair or something, and then it just goes in, was it a roll-up? It was just out of nowhere, lazy, predictable. This was WWE lazy. I'm surprised because you think Jericho would be a bit more, I don't know, like this was just WWE 101 booking. Nothing. It was nothing, When It was an absolute nothing. I went two stars on this. The semi-main event of the show, two stars. Yeah, this so-called all-time great classic show that everyone was foaming at the mouth. I don't know if because everyone in America was just buzzing about that presidential news yesterday. Glad that's over with. Um, so yeah, maybe they were just all on a high from that and they would have had a one second. I don't know, I slept with someone that lasted a minute and called it the greatest sex of the life. Who knows? Um, but this was shit. Yeah. Next, main event and... This is a theme, right, with AEW. I know you're all thinking this guy hates it. I didn't hate the show. I loved the Young Bucks match. Really enjoyed the Cody match, bar the bad finish. Enjoyed the Hangman Page match, bar the bit of a... I'm just not going all out. But this Moxley Kingston, the feud has been incredible going into it. The promos have been unforgettable. Just amazing stuff. And... The problem, I felt sorry for him. The show had gone that long. It's almost arrogance on AEW's part. They did this with All Out. Even WWE, who run 15, 16-hour WrestleManias, or so it feels like being there in the building, even them have realised three hours is the absolute maximum for these pandemic, whatever, shows. Two and a half hours is better. Even New Japan have noticed this, yeah? WWE, I don't know what, AEW, do they, are they just that arrogant? They think, oh, we're that good, we can go this long. With the pre-show... I'd been watching AEW for like four and a half hours. It's too long, especially if you're living in the UK. The crowd, people are like, oh, it's not too long, blah, blah, blah. You're wrong. This ain't a matter of opinion. This match was one of the hottest matches going into the fucking pay-per-view. And the crowd are dead for it. There's some gory spots in this match. The crowd couldn't care less. They were asleep. They were bored. They wanted to go home. And this has been a theme throughout AEW pay-per-views. Jericho, Hangman Page, crowd were dead. They were dead, yeah. They were dead for that for that main event, yeah. Moxley, Omega, they weren't dead. They weren't particularly lively. Moxley, Jericho, pretty similar case to be honest. Moxley versus MJF, the crowd is dead. They didn't learn the lesson from three months ago. Too long. You could have cut. We didn't need the Car Rashid and Nyla Rose match. Didn't need the ultimate deletion. Tony Khan, you're probably not listening, but six match cards during this pandemic are your friend. Yeah? That's all you need to do. You're not better than everyone else. Yeah? Fucking bollocks. But yeah, the match itself, I was absolutely shattered last night watching this. So I rewatched it just before recording. Some ratings on Grappling Cage match. Like an average of almost four stars. That was in a WWE ring. It's my job because the WWE versus AEW powers. That was in a WWE ring. Nobody would be saying this was a four-star match. Nobody at all. This was just your typical hardcore match. It was fine. I think I went three stars on it. It was it was all right. Do you know what I mean? It's not my sort of match really, but crowd didn't care. Anti-climax. Moxley's music playing for five minutes at the end of the show whilst the Meg came out. It was just... For me, a pay-per-view, like the stadium stampede match, you went off air and it was hot. I like a wrestling pay-per-view finishing and buzzing and wanting to read social media for the next half an hour. I don't want to end just anticlimactical thinking that was shit, which is exactly what happened. Moxley wins. It was a, do you know what I mean? It was just your typical hardcore GCW-type match. It, it was all right. 
Yeah, but so this so-called great show that we had had a two-star match and a three-star match as its semi-main event and main event. Overall, you'd say it was a decent to good show, but people are just going on. Great show, great show. I'm going to probably listen to Alvarez and uh, Meltzer's podcast tomorrow while I'm working. And I'm sat there thinking, just shut up, seriously. You don't need to tell me this is the greatest, um, a great match. It, it wasn't a great pay-per-view. It was good. It was fine. Yeah, just calm down. Just calm down, everyone. <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, I, I when it comes down to it, do you know what I mean? I'm happy I paid my money. I got the Young Bucks FTR classic match. We got a couple of other good matches. Cody Rhodes is fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, a L- lot of shit on the show. A lot of shit on the show. Like it or not, people might be like, oh, what's he talking about? Seriously, audacity can fuck off. It's the three hours sleep, four hours sleep, whatever I've had. A long draining fucking day yesterday. The last thing I needed was audacity crashing. So as I was saying... Hikaru Shida match was shit. The Chris Jericho match was shit. Yeah? It was shit. The ultimate deletion was fucking shit. The main event was okay. The Darby Allen Cody Roll match was really good. They didn't really book it the ending right. Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega was very good, but didn't live up to the heights we all expected and hoped. And FTR versus the Young Bucks was an all-time classic. So, yeah... That was it. If that makes a great pay-per-view, then guess I'm wrong, as I've said. But yeah, <sighs> audacity, you've been a pain in the ass. I'm off to watch some football, hopefully get a bit of sleep, and hopefully get out of this fucking stupid lockdown. Right, see you later, everyone. www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. I know it's WWE versus AEW podcast, whatever. Can't be out changed it. Support us. Follow us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. If you're a snowflake, don't bother following me and fuck off, yeah? Right, show's over, sin a bit, goodbye.